Welcome to another episode of Adoption, The Making of Me. I'm Louise Brown. And I'm Sarah Reinhardt. Make sure to find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as Adoption, The Making of Me podcast. Also, we have a Patreon page if you want to support us as we continue telling these important stories. You can find that at patreon.com and search adoption colon the making of me. Again, that's patreon.com search adoption colon the making of me. And please remember to subscribe, share and review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Louise and I talked about it for months and we were intimidated until we heard about Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple, Spotify, Google, and more. Podcasting isn't hard. Believe me, if Louise and I could figure it out, anyone can. We got a mic, some headphones, parked ourselves in our closets, and that was it. Buzzsprout did the rest. You get a great looking podcast website and you can track all of your analytics to see how your podcast is doing. So if you follow the link in our show notes, it lets Buzzsprout know we sent you and you get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. And bonus, you help support our show. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we're doing another one of our special episodes because we're having somebody on who is connected to adoption, but not as an adoptee or not as an adoptive parent or sibling. She is the director of research at Ancestry. And we really wanted to talk to somebody at Ancestry to see how DNA and all of this technology what that's done for adoptees and reunions and how that's affected them and all of that stuff where for many, many years, people could not find anything about their families. Suddenly there's all these doors opening up. So we're excited for this episode. Hi, I'm just going to break in here. As a friend of the podcast and a fellow Patreon, I want to join Louise and Sarah in thanking everyone who has reached out. Frankly, I've been astounded at the number of listeners from across the world who have shared their unique stories with our podcasters. As a Patreon, I've found such pleasure in supporting the podcast and in seeing how adoptees find their people. I know how much Louise and Sarah are moved by each Patreon support. Their immediate goal is to be able to air the podcast weekly rather than biweekly. If you would like to support this important work, either once or in an ongoing way, simply go to patreon.com. Then in the search bar, type adoption colon the making of me. Thank you all. It's in your own way for bringing us together. And now let's rejoin our hosts. So welcome. Today's a big day. We are lucky enough to have a top person from Ancestry joining us today on the podcast, Jennifer Utley. She's the director of research at Ancestry. She's been there for 25 years and knows more about DNA, genealogy, and everything that we like to know for this podcast. We were introduced to Jennifer through Deborah Liu, 
who's the CEO of Ancestry. And we're just thrilled to have this going on. So welcome, Jennifer. Great. Thank you. So happy to be here. Really happy to have you. We've manifested it. Once again, we manifested a special (laughs) episode. The first time was with Nancy Verrier, the writer of The Primal Wound, because we have been breaking down that book. And now because of Ancestry constantly being mentioned, most of our guests have used it. We thought we need somebody here from Ancestry. And we've used it. (laughs) Yes. Well, good. good. I'm glad to have, you know, when, when Ancestry started DNA, you know, we didn't know what our jobs would change into. And we had to learn how to do genetic genealogy. So we kind of taught each other and then we created a plan and we got better at it and we use the new things. And then we do a handful of television programs. So one of the things that we worked on is the show Long Lost Family on TLC. So I think that's kind of where we cut our teeth and we got to try new techniques and we've met a lot of great people. So it's been a ride. It wasn't something I was expecting to do, but I'm really grateful that I've been able to do it. I've watched that show. Boy, is it a yes. tearjerker. As Sarah called me. I've been crying watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I show people like before the, the episodes would air the week before I'd get people together so that they could watch it before we get advanced copies. And I called it the lunch and cry. So you'd go oh, yeah. to lunch and then you'd cry. So yeah, they're very touching, but it's nice to see how many of those great reunions go so well. Oh, Yeah. Every guest we've had, they have literally said, you know, I couldn't get my records from here and I couldn't do this, but I went on Ancestry. I mean, it's literally like the thing that comes up the most with us. And so we're just I mean, thrilled. it's definitely been a game changer, right? Because <laughs> yeah. people finding people that they never would have been able to find. And I mean, it really, which it probably it. has some ups and downs. You know, there's probably some, wait a minute. I didn't really <laughs> expecting that. Let's say for the novice that is just logging on to Ancestry.com, they've just started an account, they have no idea what to do, or they have really limited information. How would you use those records the most effectively to get information, would you say? The first thing I would do is start with a DNA test, right? We started Ancestry DNA so people could learn more about their ethnic backgrounds, so they can get more resolution in that, so it would give them some hints. But then it also... You know, there are 20 million people in our database. And then we show you a match list according to how closely related you are to all the people in your in the database. So the first thing to do is to take an ancestry DNA test. That's the first thing. But while you're waiting for the results to come, you don't leave out the family tree because building a family tree on ancestry is can be super powerful. Just building a tree. You don't always know this, but sometimes it's just building a tree that can answer the question that you're looking for. And then once you build a tree, then you've got the historical records and the historical records. Like we've got everything from, you know, census records that people expect to find. But we have solved DNA cases using our yearbook collection. So you can use yearbooks, you can use, you know, vital records like birth, marriage and death. So genealogists are clever. And they will use any kind of record they can get their hand on to figure out how they can either tell a story or solve a mystery that they're trying to figure out. So while the DNA is coming in, you want to build the tree and then you want to attach all the records you can. And not everyone can build a tree when you're an adoptee to begin with. But once you start getting those clues that you get from the DNA match list, you start looking at other people's trees, then you can start putting yours together. 
And that makes it so that you can use all the features of Ancestry DNA and use them in the most productive way, right? You want to be able to use all the tools that we've created and the ones that we will create in the future. It's incredible how the technology keeps changing because I just got an email, what, like two weeks ago that my DNA had updated again to now I was less Irish than I was two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's incredible, the technology. And I was telling Sarah last week, I started to build my own tree, which we've been on ancestry for a while, but it's kind of that adoptee thing where you dabble and you're not sure what you want to know and all these things. And this is probably what a lot of adoptees go through is like, We've heard it. In fact, they'll get on, then they get off, they get on and they get off. And so I started to build my own little tree. Like, oh, I can build a tree. I got so many records. I had, I'm looking at people's stuff like, wow, this is crazy. I really, I was calling Sarah every five minutes. Like, this is crazy. I was up all night. <laughs> right. Well, even if it you really gives you your, your background. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know who your, your bio parents are, you still have family, like family that's yeah. alive today. So you can build your current family while you're waiting. And then there's also something about that ethnicity estimate. So if you're searching and you don't know the family you belong to yet, seeing that ethnicity estimate, just to tell you, you know, what percentage you are from this area and what percentage from this, that can ground you in something Mm -hmm. and have you feel like you belong to something. And then the community. So I don't know if you know the difference between the two. So the ethnicity, that pie chart with the different percentages Mm -hmm. That's your DNA a thousand years ago. So when you see you're a little more Irish or you're a little more German or you're a little more Ghanan, that's a thousand years ago. And that's really? the part like we have updates every year because we gather more trees and we gather more DNA and we can refine the resolution in those areas and we can expand what we call a reference panel. So we tested all these people throughout the world who had deep roots in particular regions. And as that gets bigger and as the science gets better, we can update that every year. So every year it's called an ethnicity estimate for a reason. So each year it gets a little more refined and a little more refined. So that's why you're maybe a little bit more Irish than you were (laughs) last year and recently, because we just released an update last month and there'll be one next year Um, and there'll be the one the year after that. So there's amazing. A thousand years. Yeah. I mean, it's really, I didn't realize that. Me neither. Now, but when you look at it and you see your results, so I don't have results in front of me, the solid dot is your, your ethnicity a thousand years ago. Now there's one that has a dotted line around it and it's called communities. And those are usually smaller areas. And what that's saying is we had all these DNA results coming in and our science team was looking at it and they're like, we've got these smaller things coming together. What are these? Because Ancestry has millions of family trees, We could lay that over the top of the research and we realized that it was forming these smaller communities. So when you get any of those, that's your DNA 200 years ago. Oh, okay. So the dotted lines, I didn't realize that either. Mm -hmm. The dotted lines are from 200 years ago. Right. I don't think a lot of people know this actually. Well, now it's going to be for our listeners. (laughs) Yes. Well, which makes the stuff from 200 years ago can be really relevant for someone, you know, who's adopted, who's looking for their family closer in, that can give you the clue that you need it. And that's the cool thing about this. These, there are new developments that keep coming and we don't know how we're going to use them until we sit down and we have a new case and we're working on it. And we're like, oh my gosh, 
the ethnicity, this thing a thousand years ago gave it to me, or this thing 200 years ago gave it to me, or just this list in front of me. It's different every time. So you want to use all the tools that are available. Oh, I, I like what you said about the grounding. I think that Sarah and I both have had that because as adoptees, you grow up, you have sort of a fantasy world of where you're from and who you are and what you've been told. So I knew I was Hungarian and maybe Italian. You, you know, these little facts, right? And then, you know, we both have siblings who are adopted siblings who are not adopted, who are biological with our adopted parents. They know like their whole backgrounds, right? So my brother knew I'm this, I'm this, and they have everything they think they know, right? So your whole life, you're wondering, and when I got my results, I remember thinking, that's what I am finally, like, is really grounding is a good word. It makes you feel like you belong somewhere. And I think a lot of adoptees have had this love of ancestry because of this. It's the one place you can go where you're like, I belong. I am someone, not just a story or a piece of paper with non-identifying information. Right. <laughs> My adopted brother, he's not thrilled that I'm more German than he is because he's been toting the German thing for a long time. So I'm like, yeah, well, I'm really the German. So <laughs> until pretty- next year when he is <laughs> Irish. <laughs> That's right. Then I'll become more Irish like Sarah. <laughs> do you have some feel-good stories off the top of your head? Oh, I have some great ones. Like with adoptees. I'm so honored to like get to have these. And honestly, I come home from work and my husband's like, tell me what happened today. (laughs) We've got lots of those, but you know, I'll start with my own. I am not adopted, but I took the ancestry and DNA test really early on. Someone was wandering around late at night and said, we need someone to test these kits. And I'm like, volunteer right here. So I took the test and didn't think much of it. I saw what I expected to see. There's something fun about seeing what you expect to see too. But a couple of years later, I got a message from someone on my account and I was surprised. And I went and looked at it and it said that I had a new first cousin connection. And I looked at the Cinnamorgans and I'm like, yeah, this is a first cousin. Who is this person? Like, (laughs) We spend Thanksgiving with our first cousins. We celebrate Christmas with our first cousins, you know? Family things happen and you usually know your first cousins. And I'm like, I don't know who this is. And so I reached out back to her that day and I said, I got your message. Hello, cousin. Like we're cousins (laughs) because I know the DNA. It hasn't been wrong. The DNA doesn't lie. So I knew we were cousins. So I reached out and said, hello, cousin. If you could give me a little time because you've known you've been adopted for 40 years, like she told me she was adopted. Mm-hmm. You've known for 40 years. I've now known for two hours. And so for me, it was a little, do I need to circle the wagons? Do I need to protect my family? So there was that first initial, oh no, what's going on? I went home that night and I gave my mother a call and I said, hey mom, I've got this new cousin. Is there something <laughs> you'd like to tell me? And she says, really, I'm not exaggerating. She goes, oh, yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, mom. And so she told me this story. It turns out this woman, I'll call her T. She is a year and a half older than I am. She is the daughter of my uncle. When I was growing up, all of my cousins were boys. I was the only girl. How much I would have loved to have had her around growing up because I felt left out that I was the only girl, but, you know, I was able to reach back out to her. And then the next day, well, she said, you know, I was just trying to find out because 
I have these headaches and I was going to the doctor and I wanted to know, is this a family thing? And I wrote back to her and I said, you had me at headaches. Like, <laughs> you are one of us if you've got the headaches. So she oh, felt crazy. that already, but she felt so comfortable the next day that she put up her photograph on Ancestry. And I looked at her photograph and I immediately messaged her just to say, I'm looking at your photograph and you have my mother's eyes. Oh, yes. My mother has remarkable ice blue eyes. I do not have them, but T has these eyes. I could have picked her out of a crowd Wow! because she's one of us, right? In fact, one day she came to visit and she answered the door at my mother's house and I was taken aback. I'm like, what are you doing? Answer the door at my mother's house. You look more like my mother than I do. (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of fun to have that kind of reaction. And you're on the other side. That's so interesting for Sarah and I to hear because we've been on the opposite side of it. And in fact, I have first cousins I'm linked to now who I haven't, they see me on there and I see them. I know why I'm on there and why I'm linked to them. I sort of reached out and they've kind of gone radio silent. So they're probably circling the wagons, what they're, what you're thinking. I mean, just hearing that, what does this person want and who are they? Because we know our first cousins, right? Uh-huh. First like, cousins okay. circle the wagons, second cousins do not. <laughs> No, they're like, I think cousins want a dish. (laughs) Yeah, I had, I had an interesting experience too with answers to the the first one was in 2010, it was before the DNA tests. And I knew my birth father's name because I had met my birth mother and she died in 2009 and I knew his name and I knew where he was from. So I went on ancestry and just plugged his name in. Because we couldn't find him anywhere. The adoption agency could not find him, you know, when I did my original search for my birth mother. So Mm -hmm. he'd gone to Vietnam, that much I knew. Found nothing about him on Ancestry, except one other person was looking for him. And she was born in the 80s. And I thought, I bet this is a daughter of his. So I sent her a message through Ancestry. And right away, within an hour, I got a message back from her saying, yes, I was his daughter from his second marriage. He died when I was a baby and I'm trying to find his family. And with that information and with her, then I went on, Googled the rest of the family and found a cousin. And once Ancestry DNA came about, everything fell into place. But even before the DNA, it was being used to... Oh, yeah. That's lucky. Well, the internet is a great tool too. Yes. Like you've got to take we'll, a leave us. We know. <laughs> yeah. We're investigators. And yeah. I mean, I love your story. It makes me cry actually to think about. And so are you still in touch with T like good part, uh-huh. part of the family? And yeah, she's a much better cousin than I am. She's like, <laughs> sends me cards. And, and Does but she yeah, live nearby? Great. No, she doesn't. She's about 600 miles away. Oh yeah. So every now and then she comes and we get a chance to visit. So that's nice. Do you have other stories, like something that would stand out that you'd think adoptees might want to know? Or yeah, I've got two other stories I'd love to share. The first is, it was a woman. She was adopted. Of course, that's how the story starts. <laughs> we had some good non-ID for her. So we got her DNA results in and we were able to, like, you, you probably at some point ought to do something where you teach everyone how to, you find a common ancestor and you triangulate with other matches and you build trees to figure out where where everybody fits in. And then that helps you decide where you were at. But one thing that really helped us with hers is we had really good non-ID, which identified for us that she was the second of seven children. 
So we started with the descendancy research and we used census records to like find out everyone who was possible. And then we found all those, their people. And then we could rule people out based on DNA matches. But when we got to her family structure, we got to the place where there were seven children and we were finally able to find a family. I believe it was in Iowa who had a family or the family structure that was perfectly aligned. Now, the non-ID can be really nice and give you the family structure. But like in my cousin's case, the family structure was completely wrong. So when she contacted what do you, me, I'm what like, do you mean by this? The non-ID, what what does that mean? The non-ID, no one has the same ID, right? Non-ID, right? It's various clues that you have. But in this case, there's seven children. The oldest is a girl, the second's a girl, then there's three brothers, and there's this like we knew that we were looking for a family that had this many kids and okay. genders. Oh, that's interesting. So we finally found this family. And we were able to identify the second daughter who was supposed to be the person we were looking for. And we were pretty confident we had a name. So we went to Facebook to find her on Facebook and just scrolled through her public posts, right? We're just innocently scrolling and we get to our adoptee's birth date. And this woman had said, happy birthday to the daughter I had to give away that who one day oh. I hope to reunite with. I gave and we like, it was like, we knew we were right. We knew that they wanted to reconnect. And that when we reached out, we were going to get a really positive response. Oh my God. So it was just one of those magic things where like everything came together and the pieces worked really nicely. So that's oh, one of my favorite stories. And then I got to be there. It was the first time that I got to be there for the reunion. And it was pretty special, especially when we found out how much music was a part of both their lives that they shared. So there was this common bond that they had. So really oh, love that story. Beautiful. That's a yeah. great story. That is a great story. And you said you had another chill. one. Yes. Well, if you don't mind, is this, this, no, this no, is this is this from work? Yeah, my <laughs> husband's like, oh my gosh, what happened today? Right. Um, that's usually <laughs> happening when we're doing a lot of genetic genealogy. But the last one, I really loved this one just so much because this man, his name is Joey, and Joey loved family history research, but he was adopted. But he just loved genealogy, so he did genealogy for like all his family and for friends. And he just loved putting together this, this information. So we got his information. We worked it out. We were able to identify who his mother was, his birth mom was. And we did something a little different because usually it's just a reunion. This is for an episode of Long Lost Family. Usually it's just a reunion. But in this one, we decided to have a family history component because it was so important to him. And the other thing that I'll just tell you in advance is he had this heirloom Christmas tree ornament that was this little log cabin that he loved that he like kind of held on to and always thought about. So we were able to, because of the DNA matches, like the common ancestors were pretty close in, but we went and pushed his tree back many generations. So when we told him that we had found his mother, what we did is we gave him a family tree that started back in like the 1700s oh, wow. and then came down. And when he saw his mother's name, she had a birth date, but not a death date. So there's that moment where he's like, she doesn't have a death date, right? Is she still alive? We were able to say, yes, yes, she is. And then he's like, does she want to see me? And that was really fun to be able to say, 
yes, she wants to see you. So he was really relieved with that. But we had done this whole family history. And then we were able to tell him that, you know, his six or seven great grandfather was one of the first settlers of French Canada. And we were able to tell him a story about his great, 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 great grandfather, about he was one of the builders of a fort in the Three Rivers area. And so the whole idea of building this fort came full circle around back to that Christmas ornament. that he Wow. Had. Oh, my goodness. So telling like this family history story with something that tied to him was kind of a really fun moment. But the last moment that they got to talk about is they said, okay, so your mom wants to meet you, but you also have a sibling and that you're an uncle. And he thought all of a sudden, oh my word, I'm an uncle. It's just like, it's a little boy and you want to know what his name is. And he's like, no, you're kidding. And his nephew was named Joey. Just like oh him. my god! And they That's, didn't know, obviously did not know that that was what he'd been named, isn't it? Just all just, just crazy. coincidence and happenstance. Do you find a lot of those coincidences in your work? Yeah, I want to know about that. Like this, that <laughs> all the time, like in family history. Well, here's the thing: people are looking for ways to connect to the past. You know, this is an ancestor, and and they're like, maybe that's why I'm like this. So I think people love to do that and they find them all the time. I do family history. We call them reveals where we tell you something about your family. And, you know, we think, oh, here's this really cool thing. We're going to tell you about your history. And that can go really well, but we never can anticipate. There's, there's kickers all the time where people are like, no, this is the thing. Look, he's, oh, (laughs) I, I don't know what it is. I love bubble gum and they love bubble gum. Not like you can get bubble gum in records, but like there's always something that people can say, oh, I wonder if that's why I like drawing. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah, people see themselves in their ancestors all the time. That's why it's nice to like look back and learn about them because it can inform your life today. Like there's a reason to go out and learn that. Right. I feel like there's Absolutely. something in the universe, like a connection. When I was looking at my thing, my biological mom died in the 70s. Her name was Linda. And the love of her life in her 20s was Jack. His name was John Robert. And I found him because of my ancestry tree. He goes by Jack. I never knew that. And I have one son named Jack. And I named him Jack, not John. And I always wanted the name Jack. I had like five girls' names picked out and the name Jack. And so when I read that, I'm like, what's like this mm-hmm. is that just coincidence or is it some weird universal thing you absorb <laughs> i think you could argue both ways but i like to think it's more than just coincidence. <laughs> yeah the scientists and you would say otherwise but <laughs> that's true we, we feel like there's like a, the scientist says this and then there's that weird thing that happens with all of this it's very strange have you had any people that have found that didn't want to be found and any kind of issue with that that you know of one thing I've learned with all of this is that adoption's not easy. Mm-hmm. People don't go into it lightly. There's a lot of feelings around it. Like no one does it casually, right? So there's it's supercharged, you know, whether there's feelings of remorse or guilt or any of those things. It's really important to me because I've reached out to so many people that it's hard to experience any part of that, right? And that people are human and they make mistakes and sometimes they mess up or maybe make the decisions they weren't super happy. And we need to give more people these days, just like the ability to, we've made mistakes. Let's forgive people for it. So I do think that if you take a DNA test, 
you're going to be surprised by something. Now, I don't know, you know, if you're going to have a new cousin or you're going to be like, I heard the story this morning of a man who was convinced he was Norwegian and is really unhappy about having Swedish roots. <laughs> I don't know why, but you're going to find some sort of surprise. So it's good to embrace that. But people did not realize that being a part of the adoption, that maybe that meant that sometimes that someone was going to find out about it. And I just always want to tell people to when you contact people, first of all, be really kind. You just don't know what you're walking into and you've got to respect their wishes. Some people don't want to be found, but you also need to give it time because some people just need time to wrap their heads around it. And it also, you've got to think about having something like this happen and, you know, be revealed could matter to their family they have right now. And in, in no point does anyone hurt those kinds of relationships. So you've got to be kind. You've got to think about what they're doing and respect their mm-hmm. wishes. But I will say most of the people we contact are very open to it. It's a relief of a burden. I will say the best calls I've made have been to gay men who never thought they were going to have a chance to be a father and who were so delighted. Like, over the moon about being a father. So, you know, there are a few hard ones here and there. I say for the most part, people are embracing it. And honestly, if you are having a hard time, Ancestry does have people on staff who are specialists who can talk you through it. So that is available. But I think most people are really excited to learn the truth. I think people really want to know the truth. And I think people deserve to know the truth. You don't deserve to have a relationship afterwards. That's something that you have to like mold and nurture and respect everybody. But I do think that people should know the truth. I like that. Yeah. Is the show still on? No, it has. It, no, we, we just got to do three seasons. Oh, yeah. That's we need bad. more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved it. I love the people I was working with. I love the work we were doing. It was just so positive and uplifting. I loved it. Yes, I loved it too. So do you still work now then in helping people with reunion? Sometimes, yeah. Different things come up. Sometimes it's maybe a new television show, a new partner. We work with uh, different personalities who want to learn more, who've asked for help for things like that. And we also have a division. We have Ancestry Pro Genealogists who, if people have a brick wall or they need help with this kind of thing, we have a whole division of 150 awesome specialists that you can hire to do your family tree or to figure out, you know, who your bio parents are if you're struggling with that. So there's just lots of things that come to us and we can never predict what's next. I like hearing that there's other resources, what you said about there's the other people you can go to if you're having a problem. Cause I don't know that I knew that because some of our listeners may have that want to have a further help with something or they're stuck or not sure how to contact or you know, it is complicated, like you said, and adoptees do want to know who they are. And that's a big thing with birth records, right? That are closed everywhere. So ancestry's opened up like, oh, who we are. But then I like also what you said about you have to give people time and respect privacy and the relationship has to be earned always in any relationship. Sure. And that's, I like how you said that. It's very important. I and mean, this is mere speculation. I just wonder if there's some correlation between DNA testing, you know, coming into the mainstream as much as it has, and now states kind of opening their records more, you know, I mean, New York just officially 
opened their records, I think in December of 2020. Imagine that it took that long (laughs) to be able to find out. I mean, even as an adoptee, like, so even if you don't want to necessarily meet Meet your birth parents, just knowing who you are, like the ethnicity, like you said, wise, even health wise and Uh all that stuff. That's been a recurring theme with, with our guests who are adoptees that when they finally had their, a child, they're like, Oh, well, now I need to know who I am and where I come from. And it's a pretty interesting concept to not know that about yourself. Right. Well, and at the same point, I have a dear friend who's adopted. who's very right. much don't want to know. Mm-hmm. I have a friend like that. My too. parents, these are my parents. And I respect that too. Like everybody's in a different That place. was me for most of my life. And it takes it, everyone, there are people that could be like that forever. And it's just, that's how they feel. Mm-hmm. And we have to respect that. It's such a big community that we didn't even know we were part of that now we're a part of. So it's been very interesting to learn all of this. And in every episode, when someone says, oh, and then Ancestry helped me, or I contact, we're like, gosh, we really have to talk to Ancestry about this. <laughs> Just because it's so, what the work you're doing is bigger than I knew. I didn't, I didn't understand that about the communities and the thousand years and all of it's really, really complicated. No, I didn't, I didn't know that either. I need, I really need to dive deeper into, because once I found everybody, I just kind of thought, well, that's, but I still do want to dig, dig deeper and make yeah. my own tree too. You know, I sit next to, her name is Krista Cowan and some people will be fans. She's the barefoot genealogist on Ancestry. <laughs> yeah. She and her father spend two hours every Sunday night working on their DNA matches. Wow. Every Sunday. Like I think <laughs> in the last three years, they've missed like two Sundays. So, you know, if someone of Krista Callum's caliber is still finding discoveries yeah. in her DNA, y'all were not done. We've all got no. a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have what's, like five. What's things. your favorite part of your job? Changing people's lives. Like I feel mm-hmm. like when I get up in the morning, I'm doing stuff that matters to people. Mm-hmm. Family history matters. Knowing where you belong matters feeling a part of something matters. And so I feel like what I'm working on helps more people feel that and feel connected because we feel so disconnected these days. I mean, the fact that we're doing this on Zoom, right? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. We feel really disconnected. So I like the idea that it connects us together. And also it's just so much fun. (laughs) I mean, 30 years ago, you couldn't like learn all this stuff in the comfort of your home. Yeah. You had to go places and scroll through microfilm and cross your fingers that you were going to get it. And now it's just like right at our fingertips. I, was I know I was that. going into the, into the <laughs> yeah. living, having lived in Los Angeles back then. And I started my search sometime in the early nine, you know, just, I would dabble and, yeah, um, dabble. and they, I would go to the, get the records at the Mormon church on the West side of Los Angeles. Cause that was where all the records were kept. And, you know, to have to go through this whole process. I knew nothing Big about bug. my background, so I couldn't find anything, but it's definitely come far. And it's been so life changing for me. <laughs> yeah. And I read during COVID, it really took off to ancestry because everyone's at home. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, I'm going to go on ancestry. Cause you know, you think you need all this time. Well, you, you kind of do once you go down the rabbit hole, it's, hours. I can well, hours. but then you make the time, right? Right. And yeah. <laughs> you, you get into a project and it's 3am and you look, I should go to bed. That was me. <laughs> but just one more minute. I want to find who this man I'm about is. To find this. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah. you start matching other people. I'm like, oh, I wonder if they know about this person I started to do. I'm like, I don't even know these people. I'm matching them up. 
<laughs> That's crazy. Well, this is just really, this is great for us to hear and to know and just how invested you are in Ancestry about adoptees too, that you care and that you guys have a personal connection with it and, and just you your yourself have a personal connection mm-hmm. with adoption. That's yeah. Changed pretty my much life, really. yeah. yeah. And that's neat for, I think adoptees to hear too, because you know, everyone wants to know they're cared about in their community and what they're doing. And so we're big fans. <laughs> Thank you. This is good for us. Thank you. I'm a fan of ancestry too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. And it's been enlightening. I know what I'm going to be doing this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I gave you some homework. You, you did. did. The communities. Homework. Definitely homework. And can we be in touch with you and show our stuff to you? Like, Because on the podcast, we're, it's fun to build this out. We're, we're trying to build like a community page for ourselves. And, you know, it's neat. So yeah, we'll, I'd love to we'll hear update how it's going. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is great. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Jen. Yes. We really appreciate it. And thanks, Kat, for your help. <laughs> Thank you, Kat. well that was fantastic gosh just the amount of knowledge that i had no idea about i didn't really know that there was that level of how it's done you know i don't know what i thought you send in your dna you get this basic thing there's whole teams working on this and how it's being updated from the thousands of years ago to the 200 years ago now i'm going to go look and look at my community well me too me too and I love that Jen told us about her adoption story. Everyone's touched by adoption. It's amazing. And how much they care at Ancestry about it and really put a thought into it and what they feel about it and that it's not easy and that they're aware of those feelings. And that's very important to our community. And the importance of family records and all yeah. that stuff was really highlighted. And so good to hear the word she used grounded really struck me because I, I know you felt the same way. I do feel grounded knowing just a bit more about myself. You feel like, oh, I've landed a little, even though you get rid of the, you know, we're kings and queens and princesses, of course. But <laughs> <laughs> we're just ready. Well, no. Now, when she said that her coworker spends two hours I, every Sunday night and still finds stuff out, that made me realize somewhere in there, I nice. bet you I'm royalty. <laughs> I think you are. We need to build out your tree. Somewhere. Yes. <laughs> anyway, that was just another, what do we say? Another great another episode. Another great episode. It's <laughs> awesome. See you next time. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening today. And remember, if you'd like to share your stories or suggest any guests for our show, you can find us on all the socials at the Making of Me podcast. And again, we have a Patreon page so that we can continue to bring these great adoption stories to you. So if you want to find that and donate or contribute in any way, find us at patreon.com searching adoption colon the making of me. Bye. See you next time.